0: We bless you because you are faithful. We all know you because there is no God like you. We bow before your majesty. And we pray that your spirit will walk in our hearts today. And that your word will bring us blessings. Will strengthen us and equip us to walk in victory. And I pray for all that are of age who are trusting you to get married the Lord you will make a way for them you will link them up to their rightful partner the fitting partner the one that is suitable for their kind of person that you have planned before the foundations of the world before they were born that together they will raise a family for you here on earth connect them do not allow them to be connected to the wrong person And I pray that every work that needs to be done in their lives, so that, Lord, they can have a glorious future, that you will do it, and you will perfect all things that consigns them. And I pray for them who are being attacked by the enemy, who are being opposed by the devil, by the power of your spirit. I command the works of darkness to be destroyed. I command their liberty. I command their freedom. And I decree that your favor and your blessings will rest upon their lives. Thank you for doing this. We glorify you. We honor your name. We magnify you. In Jesus name we pray. Can I get a better amen? Can you raise the volume a little bit? Can somebody say I'm glad to be in the house of God this morning? Now how many of you read the last edition of our publication? This current edition. How many of you read it? I didn't see your hand. I didn't see it. If you want to raise it, raise it. I have only four people. Five. So what happened to the rest people? You were too busy to read. Or you didn't see it. Or you couldn't read it because the thing was too tiny. How many of you have got your own personal copies? Let me see your hand. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Thousands of copies have been distributed, but you who worship here, you don't even have a copy. And it's on the table, and every day we announce, the edition is there, pick your copies and go home and read. You don't care. Can you clap your hands for yourself, please? I say clap your hands for yourself. Are you ashamed? Clap your hands for yourself. If you are not willing to clap, let's rise up so we can share the grace and go home. It's a pity. Today I want to talk to you on fighting sexual temptation. fighting sexual temptation. Sexual temptation is real and we are attacked with it daily. The truth is that it has increased tremendously with the increase of seductive dresses worn by both men and women With the kind of television programs that we have and the kind of adverts that we have today, nudity has become part and parcel of uh, the media. People dress naked, people dress half naked. You watch the music videos, it used to be only something that you see in America, but now even our music videos we have uh, pool parties where people are almost naked only bras and pants and you watch them and you dance along and you nod your head at the end of the day all you think about is what you saw you listen to some of the songs they don't have good meaning the lyrics are corrupt all they talk about is shaking your boobs shaking your bum bum and all the rest of it and then people are shaking all over and you are watching and as they are shaking you're thinking So everywhere you turn, you discover that there are temptations coming from left, right, and center. So it's important that we learn how to fight sexual temptation. Otherwise, the devil who is behind all this will pollute your mind, weaken your resolve to serve God, and make you to sin against God. The Bible tells us that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and we must keep it pure. Again, the Bible says that marriage is honorable and the bed must be kept on the fire. The temptation is so strong that married people find it difficult to stay faithful in their homes. The wife is not faithful to the husband and the husband is not faithful to the wife. It's a scourge that has come upon our nation, our world. And today it has crept into the church. And one of the reasons why divorce is on the increase is because people are not able to hold themselves. A lot of cheating going on, and that has caused a lot of pain. And once a, a, a wife or a husband catches the partner cheating, it's so difficult to forgive. It's so difficult to stay together. And so this is very important. Young people are bombarded daily with these temptations. Some are able to fight and win, But some hold on for some time, after that they crash. And some, they don't even bother fighting it, they take it that that's the way of life. That's the normal thing. man must enjoy his life. So people become loose. They just submit to it completely and flow with it. But it's important that you understand that you as a child of God, you are expected to keep away from it. The Bible says, flee every temptation to lust. Flee from immorality. He didn't say stand and struggle with it. He said flee. You run from every appearance of evil. To understand this, there is a need for us to understand the makeup of man. How man is made. How man is made. You need to understand it. Now, man was made by God to think. To be influenced by his thoughts. God created us thinking beings. Emotional being. Our thoughts stir our emotions. And our emotions cause us to behave the way we behave. To make the choices that we make in life. Now, you need to understand that the male man, the male man was wired to sex by sight. God designed the woman to be admired by the man. God designed the woman to be attractive to the man. If you go back to the beginning. You will notice that when God created Adam. He also made animals. But there was no woman. Just one male man. And God asked the man to, you know, to have fellowship with these animals. And he saw that he was not really flowing with them. He wasn't flowing with them. Whatever he called any of them. That, was, that became his name. But it wasn't comfortable. And the Bible says, And God took note. And God said in the book of Genesis, I like us to read chapter 2, verse 23. He said, This we saw that when God made man, that the man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. Now, this statement from man reveals that he wasn't comfortable with other creatures. There was a limit to the kind of fellowship he could have with them. God said, let us make a man. Let us make a helper. Another man, a helper. One of his own kind that is suitable. So God knew the lion was not suitable for him. The bear was not suitable for him. The cows and the donkeys and all the other creatures were not suitable for him. He wasn't comfortable. And so God caused him to fall into a deep sleep. And then he took one of the bones from the ribs. And then he formed a woman. He made a woman. And the Bible told us something there that I want you to understand clearly. The scripture said that when God brought the woman to the man, the man declared, this is now bone of my bone." flesh of my flesh. That means this is my own kind. I am comfortable. So when he saw her, he admired her. He praised her. He was excited. Very, very excited to have a companion. One of his own kind. One that he can relate with. One that looks much like him. Except for the big breast one that looks much like him if you see him he doesn't look like the goat he doesn't look like the cow he doesn't look like any other creature but looks like him so from this you can see that god programmed man so that he can desire the woman long for the woman in proverbs chapter 18 verse 22 we see this also being confirmed the Bible says he who finds a wife finds a good thing and he obtains favor from the Lord. Do you notice that the man looks and the man finds? The man's eyes are always out searching. And so this is the reason why when a woman passes by, a man will look. His attention is caught. And ladies seem to understand that men are looking at them, so they dress to notice me. They dress to kill. They dress sexy. They walk sexy. They talk sexy. Everything is all about sex. Even the bags, the case of the bag is sexy. Why did they do that? Because they understand that. Man longs for them and they need that attention. And so you discover that it would be proper if our ladies, especially our ladies, the brothers also inclusive, should be more careful the way they package themselves. Be more careful with the things they wear. And that's exactly what you see. All the so-called dressing that we have today is all sex appeal. It's all to stir up people step up desires so you need to understand that as a christian you should be mindful of the fact that people are watching you and how you package yourself can step up some dangerous thoughts in somebody and if the person is not mature enough that could cause problems and that is why if you go to the advanced countries the rape level is very high because your dressing speaks a language and what is that language i am available Come get me. I am sexy. I am hot. These are the phrases we see every day on TV. He's very hot. She is hot. He She's always hot. I don't know whether it's pepper. I don't know whether it's fire. But everybody's hot. Now hot for what? You know the language. You know the meaning. You know what they are insinuating. So you discover that all of these things are whipping up emotions, stirring sexual desires that sometimes some people can't control it. So it's either they come knocking on your door peacefully. Seeking a relationship, or they come fighting for it, brutally beating the woman and raping the woman. That you wear a jeans trouser does not mean you cannot be raped, especially when the jeans trouser can't go up, and all the man is seeing is half of your inner wear. And so, what are you telling the person? It's for you, come and get it. And then, some cannot even cover properly, so they whatever is always showing. And so how do you expect a man who is fighting sexual temptation to keep his eyes away? So the rape level is always very I mean, the, the, the this, uh, rape level is very high, and we need to look at all of these things. How does my dressing affect the other person? The way I package myself, How does it affect the other person? You need to understand that for the man who is wired to sex by sight, that what you wear affects him. His eyes are on you. He was wired by God to desire the woman. And so if you package yourself in such a way that you stir him up, you are not helping him. And then if you are a Christian, you should also be concerned about the other brother, the other person by your side who is also a Christian. And you need to help him. You need to help him stay focused. That sometimes you package yourself in such a way, instead of the person thinking about God, he's thinking about something else. Many years ago, I remember a young man who used to attend Christ Chapel. Those days when Christ Chapel was very, very, you know, very, very prominent, the early days. It was the reigning church in Lagos. Then there was no, uh, there no Christ Embassy. There was no, uh, what's today, Bacchus Church? There was, all those churches did not exist. It was then. The guy said, when he goes to church, most of the time his eyes are closed. Because when he opens his eyes, the kind of things he see, he can't see God. All he sees is naked women, naked women, half-naked women, pants showing, meaning that it's so many that the person can't bend down. Any attempt to bend down, that, that, my God, is something else. Now, so he closes his eyes. That sometimes he asks himself, did he come to church or did he go to a club? Now, so it's important. So how can someone who came to see god concentrate but someone will say oh his heart is polluted that's why not so understand the way man was created male man was created that way the male woman was wired to sex by touch so the bible says, touch not a woman she may say no but there's a way you touch her and touch her before the one who said no her hands and everything is already holding the man so tightly she has lost control and so you need to understand the difference now what role does fashion have in sexual temptation this is important you need to understand it what is the essence of fashion what is the essence of clothes originally clothes was designed to do what to cover the nakedness of man clothes was designed to cover the nakedness of man when Adam was asked, Adam, where are you? He said, I heard your voice. And then I hid. Why? Because I discovered I was naked. Who told you you were naked? God asked him. So what did he do? He went to hide. Why do we wear clothes to cover? So they used leaves to cover themselves and God now made animal skin and made clothes. God was the first person that made clothes for them and gave them to wear. And ever since then, Men wear clothes to cover their nakedness. But unfortunately, <laughs> can somebody say unfortunately? Unfortunately, we are having a big problem in our hands, and the problem we're having is such that uh, we all need to look at it closely. The problem we're having is, is a big one. Today, we, we have a lot of people who are doing all kinds of things that we're not sure of anymore. And I need you to understand that. Dressing has changed. It has revolved. Fashion is not what it used to be anymore. Now, what we see today is that more people, you know, dress to tempt others. We're no longer wearing clothes to cover. You can imagine what a man suffers. I remember praying for some people. They are ladies. They came for deliverance. But you see, half of their breasts was exposed. And I'm supposed to be standing and looking at the person when I'm praying. But I am forced to close my eyes almost all the time. Now, and when you do deliverance, you're supposed to open your eyes. Assuming I lay my hands and the person falls down, I hit his head on the ground, we don't hear go and I will shout. If the person faints, they say, Pastor has killed him. So I'm supposed to open my eyes, but as I'm opening my eyes, all I'm seeing is what? The big breast that the person has put in front, like a, a plate of food for me to eat. Does somebody understand what I'm trying to say? So you see, there are things we do that help. So you can imagine in the middle of prayer, instead of you praying, your mind is going somewhere else. You see, there are things that are not right. There are things that are not right that we need to get right. The way we dress, what is the purpose of fashion? What is the purpose of clothes? Clothes was meant to cover nakedness. So any clothes you wear that does not properly cover you, it is not proper. It's not clothes you are tempting another person it's very important the designs don't really yeah, they're not almost the same thing maybe they will come after a short while they disappear then they will reappear again maybe 10 years later how many of you know that most of these things you're wearing now they are almost the same thing so i don't bother changing them i don't pursue fashion i just wear what is good because i know maybe five more years it will return again maybe the old shoe will come back again so what's the need throwing it away just keep it there it just wears it in because it is going to appear. How many of you know what I'm talking about? It's the same thing. There's nothing new under the sun. But the only thing that I discovered that is new is this. The clothes now, they are much more revealing. Much more revealing. I saw one magazine one day. It was on the internet. It was Fashion Week. They were trying to show fashion. Everything the person who wore inside showed everything inside. The breast was exposed. There was no bread. There was nothing. And they say it's fashion. And it will just come out like that and go out. They say it's a fashion close for the future. Now, if you are a Christian, you dress like that, what do you expect the person seeing you to do, to think? So, The language is sex appeal. Sexy is sexy is sexy. Am I correct? This one looks sexy. This one looks sexy. This one looks sexy. So if the original designer, all he had in his mind is for you to seduce another person. To desire sex. And you too, you are wearing it. What are you doing? You are tempting another person. So your brother finds it difficult to think. And then even the men also they have their own. Some like to show off their, the, you know, the muscles in their chest and their flat tummy. Those who have big tummy don't like exposing it. But the ones because they know that ladies like flat one with all the muscles showing. Have you seen your musicians when they are singing? Yeah? the uh, the ones who have those that kind of who do a lot of exercise who have it, they like to open up their shirts so that the ladies will see. They say they like it. What are they doing? Sex appeal. But I know one thing for sure, that sometimes we get used to seeing something, it gets to a point we're no longer bothered about them. But I don't want you to get so used to seeing evil that it doesn't move you anymore. What is not right is not right. Please, the purpose of clothes is to cover. But if your clothes seduces another, it is not good. This is very important because you've got to help your brother. The Bible teaches us to be one another's uh, keeper. Be your brother's keeper, help your brother. The best way you can help is to package yourself properly. This is important. Some people say, oh, they are harassing me. This, they, uh, they complain of sexual harassment. The man is always troubling me. Sometimes they are passing. They tap your bum bum. And you say, what kind of nonsense? You give the person a slap. The person is harassing you. Why can you say that? Look at what the person is wearing. Look at the exposure. The thing is budging out. here, Budging out. Here. here is budging out. Here is budging out. And the other the, everything is so tight and my God. The person can't stand it anymore, so what does he do? He said, you asked me to come, so that's it. I remember one lecturer complained that students are crying out and say there's a lot of sexual harassment in the school, in the campuses. And the lecturer asked, who is actually harassing who? That they should come and see what the girls wear to class. They should come and see how some of the girls sit in the class. So you will know who is actually harassing who. You, you are playing with the mind of someone. You say the mind is dirty. That's why can't, why can't you concentrate and do something else? It's not like that. You've got to keep things away that can corrupt your mind. And so it's important that we be careful. And then sometimes there are some dresses that we wear that are not so good. I am not preaching about dresses, but to talk about sexual temptation, it's important that we address it. Now listen to this. There are some dresses that some of us wear, some t-shirts we wear. You don't care about what they wrote on it. Or maybe you do know what they wrote on it you liked it and then you pretend as if it doesn't matter you know like inscriptions like i am sexy it's on your dress and you're wearing it and you're walking around and you it's written there i am sexy in both letters and people are seeing it and you're walking what are you asking people to do come get me i'm available then there's one written: come grab me another one says: available then another one says: burning with desire these are inscriptions on people's t-shirts And they're very excited, you know, about it and wearing it and swinging and, you know, the way they walk. Now, these things are disgusting for a Christian. You should be mindful of who you are, mindful of the image you are trying to portray. And remember this, that people are thinking based on what they see. And so, if you want your brother to stay sane, stay clean, have pure thoughts towards you, and you don't want to attract the wrong kind of people, then you need to package well. 1 Timothy chapter 2, I like to read verses 9 and 10. I also want women to dress modestly with decency and propriety, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or expensive clothes, but with good deeds appropriate for women who profess to worship God. You know, someone will say, but why women? Now let me ask you a question. I don't know if you have ever been to a beach, or if you have ever watched a beach party, or watched any uh, any program that involves people being at the beach. How many of you understand what I'm saying? Hello, have you ever seen such program? You will notice that the men wear big knickers, long knickers, and they wear t-shirts sometimes. Even when they expose their, sometimes they don't expose their body, but when they do, they have long knickers but the ladies who ought to be much, much, more decent they should be the ones hiding and covering themselves they are the ones who will wear what they call it—is it, you it string they are the ones who will put one small thing that look like a bra here just to cover the nipple only and they are in the beach I was in Brazil many years ago I went to the beach once I ran from the beach I met them playing uh, beach volleyball when I looked at all the pretty ladies and handsome men there, I saw the men wearing long—is uh, it what do you call, is it? Tog? I don't know what to call it. You know, long, long pants or shorts or whatever. But I saw the ladies. Oh, that was what they were wearing. So when they jump like this, everything is doing like this. dangling. I just turned back. I went back to my hotel room. I didn't go to the beach again. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? Now it is women who ought to be covering themselves. They are the ones who are vulnerable. They are the ones who could be raped. They are the ones who could be attacked. They are the ones who are supposed to hold themselves pure so that the man will come knocking on the door and will knock very well before the door is open. They are the ones who are exposing themselves more. Why is it so? And that's why you see the scripture talking about women dressing modestly. It's not even talking about the men. And you can see by nature it's like the woman just wants to strip completely so that men will come looking for them. And so it's important. Help the brothers to keep their thoughts pure. Now let me quickly say a few things about thoughts and emotions. If you're going to fight sexual temptations, you must understand where does it come from. It comes from what you think. And the things your eyes see make you think. And the things you You meditate on step-up emotions, step-up desires. If you don't think, there'll be no desire. And when there's no desire, there'll be no pursuit. And when there's no pursuit, there can be no sex act. So where does it start from? Your thoughts. And so you need to understand that your mind controls and influences your emotions. We all react the way we think. So our thought life determines how we react and behave towards the things we see, hear, and feel. So it is essential that you understand this and be much more careful what you occupy your mind with. If you occupy your mind with the figure you see before you, a strong desire will rise. David was in his house. He was tired and bored of sitting inside the room. He came out of the balcony to have a view of the city, get some fresh air, but his eyes caught a naked woman taking a bath by name Bathsheba. He didn't know who the woman was. But what he saw attracted him. And so he kept looking and he kept thinking. As he was looking, he was thinking. And as he was thinking, he was caused to look and look and look until desire became too strong. He called one of the servants and said, go and find out who this woman is. By this time, he had a lot of wives. He had, I think, about seven of them already. So he had a lot of wives. Minimum five. I hope someone is hearing what I'm saying. He had a lot of them. A lot of women. So if he, was, if he was hungry for sex, he could have beckoned on any of them. But what he saw, stirred up emotions. And they went looking for the lady, he came back and said, Oh, the woman's name is Besheba. The husband is Uriah. So he's, he's a, she's a married woman and the husband is presently not at home. He's with Joab the commander fighting the king's battle. And the man said, go and get her for me. Why did he do that? Is it that he didn't know the truth? He knew the truth. He knew what the world said. He's committed to obeying God's word. But the level of meditation, the level of thinking, stirred up strong desire in him that he could not fight it. He could not say no. And that's what normally happens. That's why I'm talking about all these things that I'm talking about. That's why I talk about the dressing. Because you see, you can help your brother fight temptation. And you can help yourself also fight temptation. So you just need to focus Right? You need to give your minds to the right things. If you give your mind to the wrong things, you're going to have problems. And the problems is that you are not going to be able to to hold on. And that's why we discourage people from viewing pornography. You cannot view pornography and not be, you know, stirred up. You cannot concentrate on a woman's body and not be stirred up. You can't concentrate on a man's body and not be stirred up. And so we need to be very careful what we give our minds to because every desire is as a result of your thoughts. Every fire you feel inside of you is as a result of your thoughts. As long as you're not thinking it, you won't desire it. If your mind doesn't go there, it won't come. It all starts in your thoughts. It's strengthened in your thoughts. And then it's perfected in your thoughts. And then virtually decisions are made. And then you carry it out. So many young people today do not understand the chemistry of emotions. They don't understand why they feel the way they feel sometimes. They battle with lost. immoral behaviors, despite the fact that they are Christians, and they have made up their minds to live a committed life to Christ. You'll find people falling. Even pastors sometimes fall. Committed workers fall. Prayer warriors fall. People who are caught in. They are very prone to falling. Because everybody knows they are, they are spending special time with each other because they have agreed to get married. And then sometimes in the process... You know, before they know what's happening, love becomes thicker than every other thing, and then the fire burns so much and then they fall. Why does it happen? Because their mind is already thinking ahead into the future, what they could do together, how they would do this together, what they would do together. And so before they know what's happening, their hand is touching, the leg is touching, and then it's done already. How does it all start? Your thoughts. Proverbs chapter 27 verse 19 says for as in water face answers to face. So the mind of man reflects the man. How many of you have read that book understanding the mind of man? Only one, two, three, four out of all of this, five. I'm proud of all of you. (laughs) Better go and get a copy. If you don't have one, it's there. It's only 500 and I get a copy. Study that book. It will enlighten you. Now, the same way your face reflects on water, that's the same way your thoughts reflect in your actions, your emotions. As in water, face answers to face. So the mind of man reflects the man. That means your mind reflects in your life. And your life, your actions, your words reflect what's going on in your mind. So, a man's life is only a reflection of his thoughts. So, the fire you feel, the affection you have for someone, that strong desire to have someone, to sleep with someone, to be with someone, to marry someone, is as a result of your thoughts. As long as your thoughts are positive towards the person, this thing will be going on. But once your thoughts become negative, it will start to do what? Start to go down. So, what does that mean? It means that what you concentrate your mind on is going to fully manifest in your life so the emotional feelings you experience are not accidents they are not accidents the fire burning within you they are not what accidents can somebody say it's not an accident say one more time it's not an accident so your moods are all creations your feelings are creations of your thoughts excitement joy sadness happiness enthusiasm hatred lust love strong desire to have sex All of them are creations of your thoughts. Your thoughts generate those feelings. So if you are going to fight temptations, you must have this foundational knowledge. And then guard your mind. Watch over your thoughts. Be careful what you feed your mind with. Be careful the pictures you view. Be careful the programs you watch. Be careful the websites you visit. I hope that if I pick up your phone, and scroll through your movies, I won't see one pornographic scene there. I hope if I pick up your phone and look at your photo uh, folder, I won't see some nasty things there. You've got to be very careful what you feed your mind with because it's going to kill you. If you feed your mind with the wrong thing, it will kill you. It will be your, your own undoing. It will put you in a situation where you cannot resist the temptation. The slightest temptation... To immoral acts, you will fall. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Above all else, above every other thing, watch your thoughts. The Good News Translation says, Be careful how you think. Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. Your emotions are shaped by your thoughts. The feelings you have, they are shaped by your thoughts. The choices you make, they are shaped by your thoughts. Your actions are shaped by your thoughts. You've got to be careful. The New Living Translation says it determines... It says it determines the course of your life, the way and manner that you go. It's very important. So your life is tied to... Your life is tied to your daily thoughts and I need you to remember that all the time. Please, it's important. If you want to be free from immorality, you want to stay clean, then do the right thing. Psalm 119, I like to read from verse 9. How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I've hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Now, if you are going to fight sexual temptation, you must have the word of God stored up in your hearts. Make up your mind. You're not going to live contrary to God's scriptures. How can a young man, how can a young woman keep his or her way pure? By living according to your word. We are not called to live by the standard of this world. We are called to live by the standard of God. And the only way that you can keep away from all these things we see around us is the word. I am aware that there are people who fornicate in the church. I am aware that it's also very difficult to find those who are virgins. But this church is blessed with a lot of virgins, and I'm happy to hear that. And I'm happy to announce that any day, anytime. You know, somebody was talking to me in Malaysia. I said to him, I say, In my church, I have a lot of virgins. He was shocked. He said, People believe there are people who are not virgins, but thank God we are blessed with them. So I'm also interested in you keeping it and staying that way until you get married. Very important. So to keep your mind from unnecessary pressure to loss or desire sex. You need to keep away from pornography. I am serious. You need to keep away from all kinds of erotic music. You need to keep your mind clean. You need to choose what kind of music you listen to. It may be danceable, but listen to the words, the, the rhythm. I mean, listen to the re- lyrics, sorry. You need to listen to the words. If it's only the song that is always, shake your bum, shake your bum, shake. Because that's all they sing about these days. Remove it because it, it will not help you. Look for songs that will inspire you. Songs that will help you to stay strong. We need to choose what kind of materials we read. We need to choose what kind of programs we watch. It's very exciting to watch soap operas. But then you must be very careful. Otherwise, you will fall into trouble. So overcoming sexual temptation requires effective management of your thoughts. Can I hear you say that? Overcoming sexual temptations requires effective management of your thoughts. Can I hear you say that? So you need to strive. That's your challenge. You say guard your heart. Be careful how you think. Guard your heart. Watch it. The desires will come once in a while. The thoughts will come. Sometimes like a flood of thoughts coming boom, 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 boom. Guard your mind. Watch it. Don't tell yourself, I'm a young man, I can't keep it. You can. Don't be among those fools who will say, if God doesn't want it, why did God create it? God created it for a certain time in your life. The Bible said, there is a time for everything. Sex was designed to be practiced only within marriage. Only within marriage. So to help you also resist the temptation, I have some advice. Please, do not focus on the figure and the beauty of your your friend. Do not focus on what? The figure and the beauty of your friend. If you keep looking at the beauty and keep meditating on it, one of these days, when you and your friend are alone, something will go wrong. It's very important. You need to place yourself under some rules. Personal rules. When I was courting my wife, she I behave strangely because each time I travel to visit them, I never allow two of us to walk through this staircase. For what? Because I know she was on fire. The kind of love she had for me eh, was too much. I have seen it and I had to put myself under some measures to stop things from going wrong. Before she will know what is happening, I'm already downstairs. Where is he now? I am waiting for you downstairs. Sometimes I had many rules, unspoken rules, but the rules were for me to help me stay faithful and keep to my promise to God that I won't sin against him. So sometimes you need to put yourself under some stringent rules and these rules will help you. So I have some rules that I would like you to consider and then use them. One, never sleep with your partner since you are not yet married. Never consider sleeping with anybody you are in relationship with since you are not married. Two, never undress or let your partner see your nakedness. Maybe he came visiting or she came visiting. And probably you are in the same room. And then you want to change and you are doing it in the person's presence. You are looking for trouble. You are tempting that person. Whether it's a man or a woman. So just tell the person, please excuse me. I want to change. He will go outside and wait till you are through. Never undress or let your partner see your nakedness. Three, never consider getting pregnant before marriage. Even if your family commands it. There was a young lady who was with us many years ago in this church. She was a nice girl, very faithful. But then when somebody said he wanted to marry her, before I knew what was happening, she was pregnant. I said, what happened? She was too shy or too afraid to talk. I later learned that the parents insisted that she must get pregnant. They want to know if the man is able to make her pregnant. That's their culture. And she agreed and she never discussed it with me. So I told her, I'm sorry, I cannot wed you. And I did not wed them. So never consider it. Four, never move in to live with your partner. Before marriage. No matter what problems you may have. Don't move in to live with your partner before marriage. Don't consider it. There are some people who I noticed that they began to live with a man simply because they have accommodation problem or financial problem. Or maybe their relative they were staying with chased them out. And so then they just packed to one guy who opened the door and then submitted themselves and then they started enjoying themselves. And in the process, uh, problems. I'm, we had such people before. So we had to tell them, you need to go and get married. But getting them to get married was not easy. Because, you see, the thing was free for the man. So if I get married, is there any difference? It's the same thing. So they will keep postponing. September, we'll do it. Easter, we'll do it. When Easter comes, they say Christmas. When Christmas you are pregnant now. Deliver that one first. Then when you deliver that one again, you go say Easter. Then Easter. Before you know it, another one is coming. Wait. That's always a problem. But you don't need to do that. You must think about your future. You must think about your life with God. Number five, never watch a blue film. You know what we mean by blue films, right? Uh huh. Especially with your partner. Because you are asking for trouble. It will stir you up to fornicate. Now, there are places that I want to advise you that you should not go. So, I have four places you must not go together with your partner. Never go to a movie to watch a pornographic movie. Very important. Your mind is so delicate that the things you see affect your reasoning. The pictures you see, they stick to your brain. They don't get wiped out. Sometimes you can even be in prayer while you're praying and in the spirit and suddenly the devil will bring them back to you. You have flashbacks. Has it ever happened to anybody? Sometimes what you heard somebody say, you may be in the spirit worshiping God, suddenly it will just come. You'll be wondering, my mind didn't go there. How did it come? That's the devil. Helping you to remember things that can pollute your mind. And before you can get back again into the spirit, it becomes a problem. So don't go there. Two, never camp for a weekend. Never go to camp. There are places, you, when I mean camp, I don't mean church camp. To go and camp with your friend. Say, ah, it's my boyfriend or it's my girlfriend. You go there to spend weekend. I remember in those days, when we were in school, you will see those, once it's Friday, all the ladies will carry very small, small bags like this. We know where they are going. They are going to a camp somewhere. And then on Sunday nights, they will come back to resume lectures in the morning. All those kind of stupid life. They lived it. So many of them paid a great price for it. And some of them, you know, God had mercy on them and delivered them somewhere along the line. You must not do that. Then three, never go to a place where sex before marriage can happen. Be very careful where you go and the time you visit. I didn't say you shouldn't socialize, but be careful. And so it's always advisable, if it's possible, go in pairs. You want to visit someone, you want to visit a brother and you are a sister, please let two of you go. Huh? You, are, you are a brother, you want to go and visit a sister, let two of you go. Be very careful it's not only brothers who can seduce sisters. I mean, it's not only sisters who can seduce brothers. There are brothers also who can seduce sisters. And some, they don't even seduce, they force them. Don't say, ah, he's a Christian. He can never do that. Christians have done that. Because you don't know the kind of thoughts the person has been battling with. You don't know what kind of pictures the person has been seeing. You don't know how long the person has been thinking of such rotten things. And then the slightest opportunity he has, that girl that he has been dreaming about, in fact, in the dream, they have been doing it together because he's, he can't let the girl out of his mind. Any opportunity he has, he will do it by force or by any means. Number four, never go to places where alcohol, drugs are freely used. Where alcohol, drugs, and foul language are freely used. Lest you be corrupted by them and under the influence of alcohol, anything can happen. Are you aware of that? Eh? When somebody don't shock, I eye don't read, it's not talking nonsense. Anything can happen. And if drugs are being used, you can be drugged. How many of you know that somebody can put something inside the drink and the person will not remember until maybe two or three days later? And only God knows what has been happening with the person all that time. So you must be very careful the kind of parties you go to. So they invite you, come. We're having a party in my home. We're having a party there. We're having this. I am not saying you cannot be close to people, but you've got to be careful. You've got to have the spirit of God in you to tell you where to go and not where not to go. I am not a legalistic man, but I'm saying you need to place yourself on some personal rules that can save you from sin. Now, there are 12 instructions on how to help your partner stay free from sexual desires. For those of you who are in a relationship, and I believe that those who are not, as time goes on, God will get you connected if you can note these things down, they will help you. Do not wear transparent dress when you are alone with your partner. Did you hear what I said? Do not wear what? Transparent dress when you are alone with your partner or when on a date. You have a date and then you are going on the date, you are wearing some revealing dress. Ha! You have killed that person that day. You have asked for trouble. So it will send bad signals and stir up strong desire that he or she may not be able to control. Two, do not wear dresses that expose your breasts to your partner. Please. I know that many of us when we wear gowns these days we hardly find gowns that really cover. Look for the one that will cover. You will find. You may need to look harder. Amen somebody? Do you understand what I'm talking about? I know there are lots of dresses around, but bear in mind who you are. Bear in mind the glory of the one whom you carry. Bear in mind that you also want to stay free from temptation and sexual harassment, and you don't want to become a source of temptation. The Bible says, anyone who is the reason why this brother, this child of God falls, that person will get it hot from God. Then, three, do not sit carelessly exposing yourself when in the company of your partner. For that will be seducing him to sex. Hello? When you are in the midst of people, you sit okay. But because you are with your friend, anyhow, anyhow, you just throw a leg. You are looking for trouble, you are asking for problem. Don't do that. Be very careful of who you are. Be decent enough to know that the person has got a mind and the person is always thinking that whatever he sees will stir him to think, and those thoughts can create desires and some of you sometimes you carelessly do it you may not mean to eh, but sometimes you become careless and become forgetful so if you know you're that kind of person then you better wear something that you know that you know will cover you properly are you hearing what i'm saying why you are you hearing what i'm saying thank you number 4 never sit on each other's lap in the name of showing love oh my dear sit down then hold the person the person is not firewood. It's not brick and stone. Flesh and blood is running through him too. Amen. And as God's thoughts, his body, his skin is very sensitive. When a succulent body touches you, you know. When a very soft hand touches you, know. When a very hard hand—I see the person has been like a bricklayer before. Cement has hardened the hand. If it touches you, also you will know. Your body will feel it. Am I telling the truth? And so you know the difference. When a woman's breast touches you, you feel it. There's a difference between the hand of a woman and the breast of a woman. And all of these things send different body signals. And the body chemistry that it generates, the reaction that takes place differs. And so you've got to be careful. Don't tempt yourselves. Then number five, never explore each other's bodies since you are not married yet. What do my, what I mean by explore? You touch here, you touch there, you caress the face, you caress the chest, you caress, you hold the bum bum, you touch the leg. That's what I mean by exploring each other's body. That's not your business. Wait till you get married. And some will say, Pastor, then how do we socialize? Socializing does not mean you do what you are supposed to do when you get married. Wait till that time. Stay clean. Don't tempt. The lady may be clean, but by the time the brother start touching, you are asking for trouble. Remember, ladies are wired to sex by touch. For women, for men, they are wired to sex by sight, so be careful. So, brothers and sisters, help your, help your, your is it girlfriends you call them or, uh huh, help them. Be very careful what you do. Don't touch. Stay clear. Number six, avoid discussing sexual stories or immoral things, for it will stir you up. It will set you on fire. Create a very strong desire for sex that you may not be able to keep away from. So what do you do when you come together? Discuss about your dreams. Discuss about your personalities. Discuss about your expectations of each other. Are you getting me? Are you getting me? Discuss about your temptations. Plan your future. Don't talk about sex. Don't talk about your bodies. So that you don't get yourself into trouble. Number seven, avoid spending too much time together. I understand that when you are in a relationship, it's good to spend more time, right? So you can get to know each other. God said when you marry a new wife, because in those days, they don't used to cut like we do cut. Huh? These days we know each other, we, are freely, we freely relate. But in those days, you don't used to do that. Your father can just arrange a woman. And then when the time comes, you say, this is your wife. Or they can just arrange a man for you, this is your husband. So you don't really know each other, so they used to marry strangers, so to speak. And so God said, what you need to do is spend time with your wife. Don't go to war, because you're just freshly married. You need to get to know your wife. And so we know that it's a special time to get to know each other, but don't spend too much time together. Because when you spend too much time together, the temptation is stronger because the bond of love will be growing strong. And if you are not very disciplined, you will fall. Eight, avoid late night outings and dates. You must keep away from anything that can create opportunity for sin. Late night outings. So if you go on date, let it be just brief evening, 8 o'clock, you should be heading home. So that it do not come to a point where you say, oh, it's too late. Sleep over. It happened to a, brother, a couple that I know. They were planning their wedding. And they, you know, the lady said their house is too lonely. Come and spend some time. So they were talking, 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 and then time passed. And so sleep over. And all this period, months that they have been in relationship, they've never had sex, but that day happened. It was just one, one week, the guy began to grow lean. The arrow of the enemy that had been chasing after them Finally, he was able to penetrate. He died. The marriage never took place. I'm not frightening you. I'm just telling you stories. Please, it's very important. Number nine, never wear obscene and seductive dresses so your partner is not tempted to immoral behavior with you. Number ten, you as a man should avoid exposing your chest. eh? I know the chest is broad. It can be very hairy. You know? But also, just as a woman's body can tempt a man also, it can, the man's body can also tempt a woman. So as much as possible, cover yourself. Never use immoral words and stories as illustrations of your love. You know, sometimes we look for words to describe our love, right? Don't use obscene stories because you are asking for trouble. Try to make clean communication. Pure communication. Finally, let your discussions with each other be filled with God talk. Everybody say God talk. Say it like you mean it. God talk. Yeah. In other words, don't talk about your physics. Don't talk about how you know how her her breast turns your head, how the way she swings her waist turns your head. Don't talk about such things. Just talk about God. Talk about your determinations. Talk about areas where you need improvement. Now listen to me. You can love somebody, but your character can also kill the love he has for you. Are you aware of that? So be very careful. So in summary, all I'm saying is you must keep away from temptation. You must put yourself on some stringent rules that can help you. I am not to command you, but you know what God says. You know what God wants. And if you love him, you must do something to keep away from wrong things. And I tell you, your life will never be the same again. Did you hear what I just said? Stay clean. Manage your thoughts. Keep away from things that can pollute you. Watch your ways. You will love it. At the end of the day, it will be your pride. I remember many years ago, I was ministering to a family, and the man was saying some things to the wife. The wife was very, very angry. You know what the wife said? He said, when you married me, you married me as a virgin. I was happy. He gave up the right to boast. I was not a loose woman. Nobody ever touched me. I kept myself. So if I could keep myself, then I am still able to do it. And I've been doing it. Do you understand what it means? So you see, you can raise your head, raise your shoulder and talk when you are able to live right. And God will defend you, fight for you and help you. So don't say it's out of fashion to stay away from sex. Fight it. If you can't do it now, there's no guarantee you'll be faithful to your partner when you get married. Because the temptations will always be there. You will always see someone who will be more beautiful than your wife. You always see someone who is more muscular than your husband. Who is more handsome than your husband. You will always see them. You always see them. Oh, my wife is beautiful. There are people who are more beautiful than she is. Every day I meet them. Every day I see them. Every day they come my way. So that shouldn't be a problem. But what is important is that you learn to discipline yourself and stay faithful. It's an art that you must learn. And you need to work on yourself. And the easiest way to do it is... First, make a decision. Next, watch your thoughts. Three, watch where you go. Watch what you watch. Watch what you listen to. And then you will discover that it will be no problem to you. Rise to your feet if you are blessed. Are you blessed? Now open your mouth and make a commitment to God and say, God, I may have been unfaithful in time past, but I'm promising you from now on, never again. Help me to stay faithful. If you have been faithful, say, God, even though I've been physically faithful, I still have this thoughts running through my head, this lost region inside me, help me. Now I know the secret. Now I know how to manage it. Help me. I want to stay faithful. I want to stay clean. I don't want to mess up myself and I know you are able to help me by your spirit and through your word which I've heard today, Lord, help me. Talk to him. I can't hear you. I didn't say you should murmur. I say you should pray. Open your mouth and talk to God. There's no glue in your mouth. So open your mouth. Speak out to God and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, help me. I rededicate myself to you, saying, Lord, I want to stay faithful. You have helped me all these years. You will keep helping me in Jesus' name. Say, Lord, help me. Help me. The temptation is there. I know you use the internet. You know what I mean. The temptation is always there. I know you have friends. You know the kind of things they talk about. They talk about that girl. They talk about their escapades. They talk about what they did with this person, what they did with that person. You hear these things, and then it starts a hunger in you to have your own stories to tell. Say, Lord, help me stay clean, stay clean and faithful. Pray also that God will give you good friends, friends who are not corrupt, friends who are not immoral, friends who will help you to stay faithful, who will help you, encourage you to serve God in holiness and in righteousness. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. If you ask for strength, you get strength. If you don't ask, you get nothing. What you ask is what you receive. In Jesus' name we pray. And if you are here, you know you haven't given your life to Jesus. I want to encourage you. Make up your mind. Salvation is free. All you need to do is just say, Lord, I surrender. I repent of my sins. Come into my life. Save me. If you will pray that prayer today, your life will never be the same again. Bow your heads. I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you for your word today. I bless you because I know that you have spoken to our hearts. I know that you have touched a very sensitive area. And I'm expecting, oh God, that Lord, some of us will need to repackage ourselves and stop dressing seductively and be much more careful what we put on, how we we behave and uh, how we look. And I'm asking in Jesus' name that you will also help each and every one of us to manage our thoughts, to become much more careful what things we feed our mind with, what things we occupy our minds with. And I'm also asking for grace for your people as we visit the internet over and over again that you help us to stay away from pornography. And Lord, I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, that those who have such appetites, that that appetite will die. We leave them today in Jesus' name. I pray for those who are fighting lust and immoral thoughts. I pray that today, from what they have heard, They'll be strengthened to resist. And I pray that their mind will be removed from this couch. I break the yoke of immoral thoughts. I bind the spirit of lust. I command you to live their hearts and minds in Jesus' name. Father, I pray about the power of your spirit. You will help each and every one of us to stay faithful. Where we have failed you in time past, I pray that you will forgive. Show mercy. Help us not to fail you again. Grant that every one of us who have been under the sound of my voice will never be found guilty of immorality. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for those who have kept themselves so far. Give them the grace to continue to do so until they get married. Lord, I bless you for the grace to be disciplined and to be faithful. We honor you because you will continue to see us through. I pray for your people and I pray for this week. I pray that this could be a better week for them. I pray that you show them favor in their work. I pray for those who are believing you for a new job. That you will give them a new job today in Jesus' name. I pray for those who are in business or in trade that, Lord, you will enlarge their cost, that you will increase their income, that you multiply, oh God, Father, the sales they are making in Jesus' name. I pray that your hand of mercy and love will rest upon their lives. Touch them in a new way. Touch them in a new way. Touch them in a new way. Touch them in a new way, Father. Thank you because you have heard. Thank you because you have answered. We give you praise. We give you glory. Once again, I want to thank you for those who are in relationship. I pray that you will help them to understand each other better. I pray that you will polish them. That those things that need to live their lives so that they can have a perfect, you know, that Lord, by your spirit, you will cause them to submit and you will eliminate them. Adjust them, O God. Correct what needs to be corrected. Help them, oh God, to make the shift that is required for peace and harmony to be experienced in their relationship. And I pray for those planning for wedding that you will provide for them that they will lack nothing. Let there be supply. Raise men and women who will back them up and grant to God that their day of wedding will be glorious in Jesus' name. And for those who are saying, Lord, when will it be my turn? Father, this year will not pass them by. Connect them in Jesus' name. Thank you for doing so. I rebuke the devil that is standing between them and marriage in Jesus' mighty name. To you be all the praise. To you be all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Can I get
1: Welcome to the teaching ministry of God's servants, Pastor Sylvester Oyemalechi. Pastor Sylvester Oyemalechi is the president of Jesus Family Outreach, senior and founding pastor of Jesus Family Fellowship in Nigeria, editor and publisher of Success Info, Bible News and Relationships. His teachings are simple, sound, and easy to understand. I believe you will love what you will hear and be edified in the process. Happy listening. I believe you have enjoyed the teaching of God's servant, Pastor Sylvester Oyemalichi. For further information, please contact us at pastor at jfoutreach.org or call 0805-247-2923. Visit our website at www.jfoutreach.org. Come worship with us every Sunday by 8 a.m. at Jesus Family Fellowship, 20 B. Bayer-Wemimo Street, off Olomawewe bus stop, off isheri Road, Ikotun, Lagos.